It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Brazil's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we will be looking at Brazil's squad for the 2022 Short World Cup. Short version, please. to a discussion of the squads, but uh, I think it's time to talk about the shirts we're wearing, Connor. Yeah, well, um, I don't have anything particularly impressive. Um, in fact, uh, just a gray shirt, but you have a Brazil shirt, I see. I do. It's it's one of the, the few uh, cl- uh, team-appropriate shirts I have. Most of the time, I'm I'm kind of faking it just by doing the uh, the right color of the team if I can. But I think we should go back and call yours a referee's uniform to show how objective you are. That's right. Objective and neutral is what I was going for. <laughs> Great. Let's like take a look at some of the notes and we'll actually return uh, to some of the things we said at the top of the podcast, which were outtakes from the, uh, or takeaways from the uh, previous podcast we did on Brazil. Uh, do you want to talk us through uh, the main titles? Yeah, so the first topic um, was the question of whether Brazil is in a slump. What do you say about that? Yeah, well, by anyone else's standards, we we wouldn't call Brazil's record uh, over the recent years a slump. In fact, most national teams would be delighted to have three quarterfinal finishes and then a fourth place finish as host. But by Brazil's standards, and no World Cup title since 2002. And as I said, three quarter final finishes and uh, uh, fourth place finishes hosts. Would you call that a slump? For Brazil, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, you know, they're often ranked, you know, if not first, you know, second or third in the world. So they want to be reaching those, you know, I would say finals in, in most tournaments they play in. So to not reach that and to get only as far as the quarterfinals, um, including as hosts, is really. Uh, or sorry, it was fourth place. So this is really not up to their very high standards. Yeah, uh, not so much in the Copa America. I mean, they they won the title in two thousand and nineteen, uh, which uh, if there was talk of a slump, that kind of ended uh, ended that. But uh, yeah, I do think Brazil is uh, very hungry for another World Cup, and uh, they've kind of proven it in their play over the last little while. Um, I'll see if you agree with this, but my sense is uh, a more sober attitude, a more down-to-business attitude, and a little less antics. There there aren't a a lot of players, uh, when I say the word antics, who come to mind, but there is one. Yeah, Neymar, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. He's a bit older now. I think we can maybe expect a few antics in the cup, like... Uh, taking dives and stuff like that. Um, but on the whole, I think uh, Brazil has been really businesslike in this period. I think you noted in the uh, in the team podcast that even when they had assured qualification for the World Cup here, that they were they were still uh, steamrolling everyone as if uh, as if um, you know they wanted to to keep going right to the end. Yeah, their um, their record in qualification was really stunning. Um, it's such a difficult group, like you said, they really overran the competition. 
Um, and I and I think they kind of have needed that approach. I mean, you know, historically, you know, playing Brazil, it didn't get much tougher than that. But, you know, they've only won, you know, the last World Cup coming in 2002. You know, people haven't viewed Brazil the same way with quite, quite the same fear. And I think they need to uh, just to, to focus, to work really hard to try and get back to the level, um, you know, of a team that is, that is the most successful on the world stage. Yeah. And I would say in recent uh, Copa Americas and in uh, uh, especially this qualifying campaign, we've seen that. So it'll be interesting to see if they are, uh, uh, if they are uh, the same way in the cup. Uh, but I would say the biggest, uh, the, the, the most outstanding issue for uh, Brazil is the notable lack of issues. Uh, not much controversy, not much infighting. They are rotating positions, but I don't hear players kind of uh, whining about how much starting time they have. Do you have a sense uh, of that? No, I, I think you're right. It, the business-like is is correct. Um, you know, they lost the final in the 2021 Copa America. That's really kind of the only glitch on their record. Um, they've just been so consistent, um, you know, yeah, it almost justifies the 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 use of the word awesome, Connor. Awesome. Yeah. Often overused, I would say, but uh, <laughs> they have been awesome. Um, well, let me tell you about the word awesome. I mean, they're like awe-inspiring. Uh, something that we say is awesome should be something that, like we are seeing God before us, God in action before us. It's a tremendous waterfall thundering down in front of you. It's a, a an amazing starry night sky. It's not getting 86% on a quiz. <laughs> I, 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 I do agree with you. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I, I lost my head a little bit there. Uh, one of the other, again, these are not issues, but notes, but uh, uh, we've alluded to it in the player-by-player -player section that we're seeing uh, more of a kind of a rotation of a couple uh, or three players um, rather than set starters. Uh, and we can use goalkeepers as an example. In the 2019 and 2018 World Cup, we saw... Uh, one player starting all the games uh, in the 2019, uh, Copa, oh, sorry, 2021 Copa America, and in the game since we see more a position being shared uh, between two players. Did that strike you, Connor? It, it does strike me as a bit unusual, but I, I think in the 2014 um, or 2018 World Cup, you might be able to correct me, the one where Neymar got got injured, it kind of unsettled Brazil as it did, as we talked about earlier, when Thiago Silva uh, got injured in 20, or was suspended for the semifinals in 2014. So I think the fact that they're rotating players in should, you know, ideally make them, them less susceptible if they lose a star or key member of the squad. So I think it's actually a, a good thing that they are rotating. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, observation. I mean, we saw it actually, uh, we had difficulty uh, kind of putting players as definite candidates because uh, even some of the players who, who you would kind of intuitively think would be definite only played maybe seven or eight of their 13 games. So we have a lot of players at the likely level who are probably definite candidates. Uh, it's only, I think, uh, Marquinhos and Paqueta who, who had more than 10 of the 13 games as a starter. Uh, so that was kind of interesting as we went through the players. 
Uh, okay, we'll just make a note on the formation uh, and consistency and uh, uh, variety. Do you want to talk to that, Connor? Yeah, so oh. it's always for at the back, as we mentioned. Um, oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go. I thought I took you by surprise. Sorry, uh, yeah, it's always four at the back. Um, the midfield and forward lines, though, they alternate between really three formations. That's a 4-4-2, a 4-3-3, and a 4-2-3-1. So it's the number of midfielders um, and forwards varying. Um, yeah. yeah, and they kind of, especially the 4-4-2 and 4-2-3-1, they've kind of used basically equal numbers of time um, since the 2021 Copa America. Right, and a bit more than the 4-3-3 formation. Uh, the next, uh, the next kind of general point is uh, they, um, and maybe this is a bit of a, a personal observation, but uh, I find that Brazil doesn't have a lot of big egos on the squad, uh, and sometimes I find this kind of undermining European squads uh, a little bit. But with the possible exception of Neymar, uh, most of the players seem seem fairly subdued and kind of quietly go about their business. Um, and I think this actually allows them to rotate players without the players getting upset about how many starts they're getting or, you know, insisting on being starters. So as we saw, uh, Paqueta and Neymar um, uh, usually start a Neymar when he's healthy uh, because he missed a few games, but it was due to injury. And Marquinhos probably, uh, but all of the other players um, seem to be satisfied enough with uh, playing half of the games or slightly more than half what do you think i think it shows that they're buying into the system um that the manager has set where you know you're on a on a big you know a country like brazil there's going to be good players around you and i think people have to um accept that accept their role within the team and, and yeah if people can do that and put a team first mentality first and i think that makes uh brazil more dangerous than they are just by the the individual star players and star talent that yeah. they have all right, and then one more point, which I was kind of excited to uh, introduce to you and our listeners to uh, to see what you thought of it. Uh, uh, Brazil seems to handle newer, uh, younger, hot candidates a bit a bit differently than other teams. Most teams would kind of insert them into the starting lineup right away, uh, not always for the better by the way, but uh, with Brazil, it's so tough to make it into the squad that some of these uh, some of these new and and, uh, and players who are on fire. I'm thinking right now of uh, Newcastle's Humares or Arsenal's uh, Martinelli or uh, Rafinho, who's been playing for uh, Leeds and Barcelona. Um, you know, some of them last year were uh, very hot. Uh, all of them are off to a good start this season. and um, But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get a start ahead of the established veterans. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, there are some players, um, some real veterans on Brazil that have been around for a while and are still playing well. So um, uh, in general, I, I, I certainly agree with your point that, you know, there's a lot of younger players knocking at the door, but I think Brazil has been kind of wise with how they've introduced them. They've gone for a bit more stability, trying to give some players chances, but it's not kind of always being distracted by you know, the newest, shiniest player and trying to find room for them. So um, I think it's, I mean, it's always hard to, to crack crack into Brazil's squad. 
Um, but I think they're kind of trying to, to fold players in as opposed to, to rush them in. And I think that's, again, they're probably better for it. Yeah, nicely put at the end there. Yeah, so I think we'll see uh, we'll see these players uh, coming in as substitutes, uh, maybe getting starts because of an injury or getting starts in B team games. Uh, but I think perhaps some some uh, kind of new soccer fans will be like, well, you know, wow, this guy is uh, tremendous for his club team. Why am I not seeing him starting? It's amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and you know they, they they will still rely on players that are based in Brazil, which is important too. Um, it's not only European players who uh, who are making the squad. Right. Well, that's a nice transition into the uh, into the next section. And do you want to uh, talk about their club affiliations, or shall I do? Yeah, I'll talk about the club affiliations. And if you have anything to add, certainly go ahead. Um, with Brazil, like like some of the top teams, it's really just a who's who's of big clubs. Um, Brazil has players playing in a lot of different leagues, um, but all on top clubs. So you have Real Madrid and Barcelona, you have PSG, uh, Juventus. Um, in England, you have, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man Manchester United, Man City, Arsenal, Tottenham. Um, so really kind of in all the big clubs, they, they you know, Brazilian players are there. Um, but they also have um, some players from the Brazilian domestic league, which is quite strong, of course. Um, not always um, kind of the, the biggest name players, um, but I think it's it's good for Brazil that those players still get a chance and they don't necessarily need to move to Europe to feel that they, they need an opportunity. Yeah, I think the Brazilian attitude is not so much that, the, you know, the best teams are in Europe, uh, more, more that the money uh, is in Europe. So if those players can go and, and uh, uh, play in Europe during their prime, they'll kind of maximize uh, their uh, potential uh, uh, as money earners. And then we've seen a few of them kind of move back to Brazil uh, in their in their retiring years. And uh, of course, all of them coming from those teams uh, in the first place and maybe spending the first couple of years uh, uh, with the Brazilian clubs to, to um, develop their reputation. So kind of an interesting model, but a model that most of the players uh, seem to choose hey yeah i agree that that starting in brazil with a youth club going to europe and then coming back in brazil is, is kind of a well-trodden path for many brazilian internationals yeah one player came back to uh, mexico which kind of baffled me a little bit but um let's move on to our next section and uh this deals uh with age experience and a couple of statistics i've been working on so uh, one of the things i uh, examine is uh, how many players are kind of on the board for them. And that really is uh, players who have played uh, since 2021. So we see, uh, by, and, and the best way to understand these statistics is by comparison with other teams. So uh, we see that there are a few teams, especially the CONCACAF teams, uh, I gotta say USA, Mexico and Costa Rica, but also Ecuador that are dealing with a, a huge number of players, uh, more than 60 players, uh, who have played for them over the last couple of years. And it looks like those teams uh, would have a bit of a selection uh, difficulty in having to reduce it to 26. But uh, Brazil is a very reasonable number of players, 46 players, uh, and the average is about 50. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they don't, uh, as you said, shiny new players. They don't kind of bring on every shiny new player 
for Brazil, which would be hundreds of players, frankly, uh, and kind of try them out in the squad. Uh, rather, they seem to, to use the, the club process as a bit of a selection, and they really have to do well for their club uh, to even get a to even get a sniff at the Brazilian club. Is that how you would interpret the low number of total candidates? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. It's a really high bar to get into the squad, and um, you know, once once you're there and you've proven yourself for the Brazilian team, I mean, then you have a have a chance of getting more of a run in the team. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the other two statistics, uh, as far as Brazil goes, are not very significant. Uh, we have uh, total players under consideration, we say. So we say the uh, definite, likely, and possible candidates. And uh, the average there is 33, and Brazil is at 34. So um, I don't think there's any anything we can really draw out of that, unless you have something to say, Connor. Nope. Uh, yeah, bang average for Brazil. Yeah, and the same with the next one. So definite and likely categories. The average is 21. Uh, Brazil is a little bit higher at 23. So we can pretty much be sure that most of the definite and likely players uh, are going to make the squad. That would only leave three spots for uh, for the possible players that we talked about. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there may be a couple surprises, and, and of course, injuries can and, you know, will play a role. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they have uh, haven't experimented too, too much, um, which gives a pretty good core of players that, that we think they'll be selecting from. Yeah, I think it's a strength in their case that uh, uh, that it's a very solid group of players that's uh, not going to change much uh, in the lead-up to the Cup. So maybe a couple of players introduced in, in the late September games, but I don't expect to see more than a couple. Uh, you may be interested in the average age, Connor. The average age is 27.6. Uh, the average is... Uh, well, 25 to, to 27, but actually in this World Cup, it's a bit higher than normal. 26.8 uh, seems to be the average. And um, and Brazil is, I believe, the oldest squad here. Uh, no, Iran is 27.7, so Brazil, the second oldest squad. Anything to say about that? Um yeah, I guess going through the players, not surprised are on the older end, because we have seen a couple of veterans um, you know, that have been around for a while, still anchoring the squad, you know, Thiago Silva most notably. So, um, again, in Brazil's case, we know they have young players that they can call on. Um, I think it's an experienced squad, and I don't see the, the slightly higher average age really working against them at all. Yeah, uh, actually, I see here that, like, Danny Alves is 39 and uh, Thiago Silva is 38. So even those two numbers in themselves may raise the average. I think, actually, in terms of players over 30 years old, um, there are teams that have quite a few more than them. And uh, the players that Brazil has uh, that are over 30 years old are usually 30, 31, or 32. So... Uh, certainly not a worry, and Brazil has the talent. Uh, uh, it, uh, you know, a team like Costa Rica is maybe relying on the older players because they can't find other players to replace them. But for Brazil, if you're on the team at 38, uh, it means you're still performing really well at 38. 
Okay, well, the average number of caps, uh, well, given that they have so many bedrooms, we would expect this to be uh, uh, on the high level. And um, uh, it is 31.1 uh, and the average is 29. So actually not as much as I would have thought. But uh, they do have quite a few younger players balancing uh, out uh, that. And again, it's hard to kind of make it onto the squad. I think I'll just jump forward uh, to total goals 186. And I got a new stat here that I've been working on, Connor. And it is uh, goals per cap. Um, goals per cap. And just to put it in context, the average is uh, 13. Oh, sorry, I'll make this a percent. The average is 13.7%. Uh, but Brazil is the highest uh, among all teams at 17.6%. So that's just an incredible scoring ratio. Uh, for comparison, we have uh, Germany at about the same level. Uh, Germany and Argentina are 17.5%. Uh, and uh, uh, the next closest is France at 16.8%. So uh, even 1% makes a big difference. A very high scoring team. Yeah, and goals from uh, kind of lots of different players as well. Yeah, yeah, we usually kind of look at the uh, percentages of players. We'll take a quick look at that here, but uh, I don't really want to dwell on it too much. But we have um, um, of course Neymar with that 66 goals in uh, 121, oh sorry, 75 goals. 75 goals in 121 games. Uh, I have here, but we had 66 in the player by player. So uh, maybe I got to check that out. But yeah, I don't think we need to make much of a case that uh, Brazil has scoring power. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. And actually, in terms of players and issues to watch, I said above that, um, you know, one of the most notable things is the lack of notable issues. And you'll see that here. Uh, we could say for every position, something like this, uh, for goalkeeper, is it going to be Allison or Ederson? Uh, but I'll make short work of that by saying that for almost every position, they've been rotating players. Uh, so we might have one player, in this case, Allison seems uh, slightly more likely than Edison. But what's really true is that they'll probably rotate in the cup, maybe even uh, the third string keeper getting a game. And rather than going through that choice for all the uh, positions, I think we're going to find that uh, there's a couple of candidates for each position. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, move on to the midfield and uh, we've already talked about this point this is not necessarily a midfield thing but since most of the hot new players are midfielders uh, I'm going to say look for those hot new players not as starters but as coming in as substitutes do you agree yeah I think so um, yeah I think that's kind of how Brazil gives opportunities to players to crack into the squad but I think especially for the World Cup where there's not really about experimentation you'll kind of see some of the players who got them there and especially through such a such an impressive qualification campaign yeah uh, they may come in for a B team game also or uh, to replace an injured player but I wouldn't expect to see the hot names as starters and finally, on the uh, on the attack, are we going to see Neymar's antics uh, in this World Cup, Connor? Uh, 
Um, I hope he's matured a little bit. Um, you know, certainly he's he's dominated for some for some wrong reasons in previous tournaments. Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit in his personality. Um, you know, some of the diving and, and stirring up trouble. I'm I'm not sure he's fully beyond that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll have a, several of his own headlines, um, as he always seems to. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. I have in my notes here, likely to infuriate and amaze in this cup. Okay, let's look at some of the new players. Uh, do you want to introduce the, the names? And I'll just add a little bit, but we won't go through the whole uh, the whole bio here uh, because we did talk about them in the player by player. Uh, but we basically uh, are kind of proving how tough it is to get onto the squad. We just have two definite candidates uh, one likely candidate, and then a host of possible candidates. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm saying candidates. I should be saying uh, newcomers. Yeah. So the two definites we have are, are Anthony or Anthony with Man United and Rafinha. Yeah, and as I say, we won't go into detail unless something needs to be said. Uh, how about the likely? Likely, we have one, and that's Mateus Cunha. The Atletico Madrid uh, forward. Right. And all the rest of them are just at the possible level. Yeah, so two goalkeepers, Everson and Santos. Right. And we don't really expect uh, uh, these ones to make the squad, uh, especially the goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, center backs, we have Lucas Verissimo and uh, Gabriel, who plays with Arsenal. Uh, that's right. And as we say, probably just three of these possible candidates or so uh, will make the squad. So I would say the odds uh, are kind of against them, although uh, a, a few of them will. Yeah. Um, Alex Tellez and uh, Guillermo Arana are both left defensemen. Yeah. And uh, Alex Tellez is actually 29 years old. But if he makes the squad, this would be his first tournament. Uh, that's why we have him here. Yeah, a couple central midfielders in Gerson and Bruno Gimares, uh, the Newcastle player. Uh-huh. Again, um, well, no, you keep going. And then two young attacking players, both 21, uh, Gabriel Martinelli and Rodrigo, uh, Real Madrid. Right. Okay, so we probably won't see all of those players and probably will see... A couple of them and uh, let's move on to injuries um, right now they only have just the one and that's to uh, Guillermo uh, Arana who is just a possible candidate so Brazil uh, so far so good as far as injuries go uh, he was injured in mid-September and um, he has an unknown uh, return date on a cruciate ligament injury uh, I'm no doctor, but I do think that's a bit of, or can be a long-term injury. Do you have any insight? Yeah, certainly can be. That's uh, that's one of those injuries that does take a while to come back from. Yeah, well, as a possible candidate, uh, it wouldn't be a huge loss for Brazil, and they certainly have uh, enough players to cover that. Uh, let's go through the notable absences. And... Um, Again, we, we could mention countless Brazilian players who are strong for their club teams, uh, and some of those never even get a sniff at the national team. So the first candidate we have here, Douglas Luiz, is a bit of a representative example, uh, played a few games for the cup, uh, 
uh, and uh, you know one of the few actually who did get a tryout with the national team but it was kind of brief uh, they tried him out and he doesn't seem to have made it um, that would be the story of a lot of uh, Brazilian players so we'll begin with Douglas Luiz but uh, 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 most of these are basically players retiring uh, do you want to take us through them? Yeah, uh, Willian is certainly in that camp. Um, yeah, he was uh, part of the 2019 Copa America, but that was his last tournament, so he's been off the team for a while. Yeah, two attacking players who are not retired, um, Everton and Roberto Firmino. Yeah, Everton was a bit of a sudden exit from the team because uh, did really well in the 2019 Copa America and uh, was a kind of a rotating starter in 2021, um, uh, so, but is rather suddenly uh, off the team. And uh, Robert Firmino, again, will be a surprise to some, but that's the quality of player that to leave off the squad. Okay. Yeah, we should probably put him in the same category as Everton and uh, Firmino. So not kind of gone for good, but uh, was a starter in the 2021 Copa America and then kind of um, uh, kind of suddenly off the squad. Uh, so a possibility of, of coming back, but... Um, uh, kind of abruptly off the squad after looking like he was making inroads. Yeah, Cassio Ramos, in, uh, goalkeeper, is the next name. Yeah, he was a backup goalkeeper for the 2018, probably the third string keeper for the 2018 World Cup and the 2019 Copa America, but uh, those were his only two tournaments and uh, now uh, haven't hasn't been heard of since the 2019 Copa America. Uh, the rest are actually players that we do have some listeners who kind of follow the team uh, from World Cup to World Cup. So we, we're going to mention a couple of the bigger names who were on the World Cup squad in 2018, uh, but sometime between then and now uh, have retired or drifted off the squad. Yeah, that includes uh, Joao Miranda, who we talked about. Um, Marcelo, the former Real Madrid fullback. Um, and Paulinho. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, some pretty big names, but again, Brazil has no problem replacing those names. Uh, okay, well, let's finish with uh, um, a prediction of starters. It might work a bit differently for Brazil since we've been talking about uh, rotating players quite a bit. So I'm going to use yellow for players who we think will start some of the games uh, kind of in a rotating uh, situation. So uh, let's go. Do you think manager Kite is going to be there, Connor? Well, he's been around for six years, so we don't expect a, a change at this point. All right. Well, we'll put him as a starter. Uh, do you have an opinion? Okay, I'll maybe mention uh, the definite and likely candidates and let you offer an opinion. So we have uh, Alison or Alison Becker as a definite candidate and uh, Weverton and Ederson as the likely candidates. Do you see a starter there? I mean, I think Alison, you mentioned, started about three-fifths of the game. So we could see rotation, but I think Alison is going to be the, the starter, at least in game one. 
Okay, we'll go with that. I think it's going to be a, a rotation, but as you say, we usually nominate the game one starter as the starter. Uh, but really, I think it'll be a rotation with Ad, uh, Allison and Ederson. Um, uh, okay, let's move on to defenders. Um, one more uh, oh, sorry. Shall I name them and then you offer an opinion? We have Marquinhos as a definite and as likely Eda Militao and uh, Thiago Silva. Yeah, uh, Marquinhos has been kind of as close to ever present as Brazil has had in its squad since 2021. So I think Marquinhos will start. And I do see him partnering uh, Thiago Silva, who's still uh, still playing regularly and, and, uh, and well for his uh, club team. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Uh, I think, again, it will be a bit of a rotation among the three, but Marquinhos and Thiago Silva do seem to be the two top dogs there. And um, uh, again, we're talking about two positions here. They'll probably bring, I would say, about five players. Um, uh, and so we may see a bit of rotation uh, in that position. For left-backs, we have uh, only Alexandro as a likely candidate. Uh, which means they'll probably bring um, Alex Tellez as a possible, and Quiem Arana is uh, injured. What do you think uh, will go on there? Yeah, I think we'll see Tellez probably come with the squad, but I, I think Alexandro uh, will be the starter. He seems to be um, the most likely um, and kind of the one to have nailed down that position the most. Yeah, uh, given the candidates that we have here, I'd have to agree. We actually haven't seen... Uh, any, say, central defenders uh, move over uh, into that position. Although, um, uh, to me, Alexandro hasn't played enough, quite enough for me to be confident uh, he's a starter, but we'll have to see. Uh, for right back, though, we do have more kind of um, uh, players who have started a bit more, I think. Danilo and Daniel uh, Danny Alves as likely candidate. Emerson Royal as a possible. Yeah, good competition here, but I think Danilo is is the one I would give the nod to. Okay. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised, even though they haven't done it yet, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these players actually move over to the left. Uh, defensive and central midfielders, for definite we have Casemiro and Fred, and for likely uh, we have Fabinho, and uh, they'll probably bring more than three. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, the player I'm most confident for starting is Casemiro. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you consider looking at Fred or Fabinho, do you consider one of them more likely or even for Casemiro to have a partner? Yeah, uh, again, yeah, you just brought up the issue. I was going to say that the formation changes there in the midfield, so sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. When it's two, it's Fred. Uh, but when it's one, it's usually Fred playing as a left midfielder. So I would say Fred ahead of Fabinho. Okay, I'm uh, I'm satisfied to put Fred as a starter. All right. Well, we haven't used our yellow yet, but actually, I do think there'll be more rotation than uh, we've made out here. Uh, are you? Uh, we have um, Lucas Paqueta. He's a definite candidate here, uh, and we put him as a versatile midfielder, even though. He's nominally a, an attacking midfielder. Uh, I'll just say, do you see him as a starter? I do, um, and some people may be surprised by that, especially those not you know haven't followed his career. But 
Um, they always seem to find room for him, as you mentioned. He's kind of played extremely consistently. So I think Lucas Paqueta will uh, continue to start for Brazil. I think so too. Not ne- not necessarily sure where he'll start, but he uh, over the past uh, uh, period since the uh, World Cup has played has started more games than anyone on the squad. So I think we have to put him as a starter. Uh, for right midfielders, they don't use the position that much, but they use uh, left wingers and left attacking midfielders more. So we'll kind of look at the attacking end of the squad with the left wingers and the forwards. And we have uh, Vinicius Jr. as a definite candidate, Richarlison as likely, and then uh, the young and and uh, uh, kind of, uh, well, hot, I don't mean that in, <laughs> in a... Uh, uh, sexual sense, I mean it as uh, in good form, uh, Gabriel Martinelli, but only as a possible candidate here. Uh, do you see any starters there? Uh, yeah, not really. I, I think it will be one of Vinicius Jr. or Richarlison, but I'm not I'm not sure who. Um, I'm not sure how often they play together, um, but yeah, I'm not confident to call a starter there. Um, yeah, me neither. Um, I think of the two, Vinicius Jr. probably the more likely. But uh, um, again, I, I think it'll be a bit of a rotation where both of them get some starts. And I think uh, Martinelli, Gabriel Martinelli, yeah, will agree. probably come in as a substitute. Um, okay, uh, for right ringers, we have Anthony and Rafinha as definite candidates and Rodrigo as possible. Again, I think we'll probably see rotation there as well. Um, it's interesting that that position has kind of younger players and players who aren't as well established with the squad. It's the first tournament for all of them. Um, so there's a bit of kind of competition there. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I think probably Anthony and Rafinha the most likely, but not confident. Yeah, we did see a lot of uh, players rotating into that position in the Gold Cup and the first half of World Cup qualifying. And then these two players kind of seemed to nail it down a little bit more towards the end. But I agree with you. Uh, Right now, it looks like it would be one of the two players, but it would be difficult to say which one. And we, we, you know, we kind of know that Brazil seems to be going with the rotation system. Okay, we have Philip Coutinho as a likely attacking midfielder, but do you see him as a starter? Uh, I don't. I, I think that position is more likely to be filled by Paqueta or, or possibly some of the other attacking players. Yeah, me too. Uh, among the forwards, we have Neymar as definite, Mateus Cunha and Gabriel Jesus as likely. I think it's interesting that uh, Gabriel Jesus wasn't taken for the last four matches. So that means I, I don't think he'll be a striker, though if there is um, two up front, then then he's a good shout for it. But, um, you know, Neymar is a, is a definite starter um, and I wouldn't be confident enough about anyone else. Yeah, me too. I'm a bit surprised that uh, Gabriel Jesus has started as little as he has. And as you said, uh, kind of not uh, not even called up for the last few games there. I'm sure he will be uh, called up to the Brazil squad, but um, again, any other team in the world would have him as a starter, but uh, um, not necessarily Brazil. So um, uh, again, maybe I'll put him in yellow because I think he'll start a few games, do you think? I I think it's possible, and I think he is probably the most 
one of the more likely candidates if they decide to go with two up top he could be um the person you know who will partner Neymar um at the top of the field yeah all right well that uh, brings us to the end of the oh um that brings us to the end of this uh, media cast so keep in mind we'll be doing an update as new information comes out and that will probably be in early to mid november uh when the teams have published their final squad lists yeah and meanwhile keep an eye on us at soccer files canada that's soccer files with a ph in the middle and an s at the end uh, and our website, uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check uh, our show notes for links to our website and previous podcast series. Okay, and we hope we will see you next time. Uh, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.